0: i know that what god has called me to is worth it Mm -hmm. although it is super hard yeah any guy that is considering the ministry it is completely worth it when the heart of your ministry is centered on jesus christ
1: I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. We've just recently uh, finished up with our 2024 Mission Focus Conference. And at this conference, uh, as we do every year, we talk about the work of missions. We talk about the work of church planting. Uh, We call young men and women to buy into the Great Commission and to commit their lives to sharing the gospel and to discipling the nations. And uh, this last year at Mission Focus, a lot of our folks were challenged to really uh, consider the calling of Christ on their life, uh, to consider the office of uh, of pastor to, to consider whether or not they've been called uh, to become a bishop and, and to follow the Lord in that way. Uh, the scriptures say in 1 Timothy chapter 3 this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And it is a good work. Uh, as a pastor myself, um, I love the work of the pastorate, but it's no easy thing. And uh, just like in a lot of our churches, we have a, a cost of discipleship where we encourage people to fully understand what it is that they're giving up in order to follow Christ. There is kind of a a cost of the pastorate as well. There's there's some things that you really need to consider if you're going to be a bishop, if you wanna if you want to 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 follow the Lord uh, by being a pastor. There's some things you really need to consider before getting involved, and so. In order to have this conversation, I've invited my friend, Pastor Lee Ridings of Greater Hope Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia, to hang out with me, uh, to talk about what it was like for him to discover the calling on his life, but also the things that he didn't know about the pastorate as he entered into, things he had to discover on the way. And and so uh, hopefully today's episode will function as a way of, of admonishing and warning all of the young men who desire the office of the pastor but then also help them to see that all of it is worth it. And so, man, Lee, welcome. What's up, bro? It's good to have you here.
0: Yeah, man. I'm honored to be here. Glad to be here uh, this week. It's been a great week.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tell us about
0: Mission Focus so far. I've been listening to Mission, uh, the various Mission Focuses uh, for years online, um, all the way back to Mark doing them years Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. you know, and I've always wanted to come. And then last year we made the jump and uh, brought my whole family. And after all church retreat, my whole family was in. And and God has used this this conference in an amazing way with my kids. You know, I've got three teenage girls, and I got two of them that's graduating this year. Mm-hmm. And um, so getting them to the place to where they're considering uh, the mission for themselves outside of of. Of me and, and their mom and what that's going to look like and you know it's this has been a huge deal for us mm-hmm. and um, so I you know I, I know it's a big deal it's a big lot of money spent big you know a lot of people got their hands in all kinds of things but to just say that it's a blessing is is a great understatement um, because it's huge for me and my my family if nothing else and. You know, um so I really appreciate y'all doing it.
1: Yeah. Well we love having you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's fun having you. It's good to have you on the show. I mean, I know that for me, just the amount of driving you do to get here. Yeah. Is is evidence that it's important. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know if I could do it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a ways.
1: What is it? Sixteen hours?
0: No, uh it's not, but uh I say it's not, but but it, it's thirteen. Okay. Um we split it up into two days and we we uh we called a family trip, and so I I put my I put my real patient side on uh, for those thirteen hours in a car with five kids, two boys that are ten and eight,
1: and uh, who want to just wrestle all, all the, time. the time,
0: all all the time.
1: And I mean, l- last night after service let out, they they couldn't help it; they were ready to just get up on the stage. Yep, they and, did and r- wrestle each other yeah. in front of everybody.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, some somebody said to somebody in my church, said, you know why I like you? I'm like, I don't know if I want to know, uh, but, <laughs> but they're like, you're just, you, your kids are just the same, whether they're at church or whether they're at home or you're worth, like the same. I'm like, yeah, oh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. No but false
1: pretense. Yeah.
0: No, there's no that. So there's, yeah. there's that.
1: No, and you got to, like, you got to picture it the way that, that I saw it. I mean... Here's two boys.
0: Oh, yeah, give them six, uh, six. Eight and ten.
1: Eight and ten. Mullets. Straight up. Sweet. Cowboy boots. Georgia. Boot. Cow- cowboy mullets. boots. Cowboy boots yep. on. Yep. Clomping around. Yep. Okay. I didn't see any dirt on their face. Not at the moment. But they that, wouldn't up. Have been, they, that wouldn't have been surprising. Their if they mama were. cleaned
0: them up okay. before yeah. we came.
1: But up there wrestling. Yeah. I mean my son is just We say it wrestling Wrestling. no I, I yeah no, I I
0: it's a little off when you say it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well I I don't want to be fake. Okay. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say wrestling. Okay. All but right. uh it's a sight to see.
0: Yeah. I mean I love it. I'm sure you do. I do. I love it. I mean, you know, it it's it's one of them deals that when I see it, I'm like, you know, in the moment, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, all oh, these people are probably like, somebody ought to get them two fruitcakes off the <laughs> stage. And then the other moment, I'm like, eh, let them be. They're enjoying life. <laughs> they're, they just got done driving 13 hours in yeah. a car for two days, and they're at a missions conference, no. With their family.
1: And my kids my kids love your kids. They think they're yeah. the best. So yeah, bro. They're they're actually really good kids. Yeah, it? you know, when, when Hutt
0: got Hutt got saved, uh the ten year old about it's been a few months ago now. And um one of the first people that he wanted
1: to tell was Shepard. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, my my son. Yeah. yeah.
0: Dude, that's great. Yeah. Like he's like, Man, I can't wait till Shepherd finds out I got saved. That's cool, man. And I'm like, you know, man, dude. Yeah, just just wrestle away, son. You know what I mean.
2: <laughs> just have at it. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. that's great. Just do your thing.
1: So you met you mentioned the girls, and and man, I can't believe just how they've just gotten older and they're they're growing up. And man, it's it's a cool to see that they love the Lord. When I was out to visit you, uh, your daughters were taking notes during the sermon, and and uh, it's just cool to see your kids learn to to love the Lord and want to obey Him. Yeah. And you know, so with our episode, we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about. What it looks like for a young person, especially a young man, uh, to discover that there there might be a calling on their life. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when there, you you first discovered that there was a call on your life to? Oh
0: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I I remember. Um, I remember that really well. Um, so oddly enough, m- me getting saved later on, 24 years old, um, not being really raised in church. Oddly enough, six months or so after I got saved. I had this desire in my soul to to be a minister. I didn't know where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. I thought that guy preaching uh the pastor preaching every week. I thought what he was doing was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life mm. and I didn't know why like i I remembered everything he said like mm-hmm. I would go home and I, I and I would tell other people and I would I was taking notes and it wasn't, you know, <laughs> notes where I come from or not, you know, just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean my bible was full. And and I remember thinking, dude, I I, I think I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I ran from it, uh, you know, f- 6 months or so. I, I was, like, "Eh, that, that ain't me." Well, I finally went home. And, and what were you
1: doing at the time? What
0: was your career? I owned the a garbage business, and I sold it to a really big commercial outfit in in our area. And I actually went to work for them, but I was driving a, a what big container truck, roll off truck. And so um, I rode around for like my, the first year of my life, uh, Christian life. I rode around, and I had a uh, I had a CD player in my truck, mm-hmm. and I had. I had probably a hundred CDs, and I just listened to preaching all day long, and I just rotate through mm. them preaching CDs. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, you know, I I was riding around, and you know, I spent half the day crying, just really amazed that God would even save me. And and then this whole preaching thing became a thing. And you know, my my wife didn't get saved until we was in Bible college. Um, some few years after, and I remember going home and telling my wife, I. After I couldn't handle it no more, I was like, "Hey, I, I think I'm, I think I'm supposed to be a preacher." Now, the church I was saved in didn't have, you know, what you guys have as far as a, you know, I, I guess a, a ramp to get to where what what that actually looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, we call it like a path of growth. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, they didn't. We didn't have that. Yeah, no. There wasn't discipleship in no, your church. No, no, was none yeah. of that. Yeah.
0: Uh, We had, you know, not not, we had Sunday school, and that was kind of the closest thing we had to discipleship and before church or whatever. And um, so, I went home and I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, I I think I'm, I think I'm supposed to be a preacher." And she's like, "No, I don't don't think so." (laughs) And I said, "Really?" She's like, "No, you you better go back and check again." She's like, (laughs) (laughs) she said, "You're not a preacher." And I'm not a preacher's wife.
1: Yeah, that's what she was really scared of.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I, I said, all right, well, so I kind of dropped it. Like I, I, I just left it right there. And um, so time kept going. And man, it just became a bigger deal and a bigger deal. And I, I couldn't sleep at night. And I just, it was everything I could do to, to even function. I mean, mm. it was so weird. Uh, I mean, it was like I was trying to get saved all over again. Like, I mean, before I got saved, I was just a mess all the time. And um, so I went into my pastor's office one morning. And I was like, hey, look, dude, I I think I'm supposed to, like, I can't get away from this thing. Because I talked to him a few times, and he actually was like, yeah, it's probably, you know, just keep praying. And he wouldn't even... He wouldn't even talk to me about it. And I was like, Well, I guess we got enough pastors around, enough preachers around here, they don't need no more. <laughs> and so I finally, you know, he's like, You know what? I, I think it's real in your heart. And uh he's like, So tonight six this is eleven AM. Tonight at six o'clock you're preaching. What? I, I I said the same thing. What 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 do you mean? He said like, yeah, you're preaching tonight i was like for real and I uh, and so i did i preached that night um you know i, I grew up in the funny crew you know, yeah so yeah i didn't even own a button-up shirt till two weeks before this whole preaching thing happened mm-hmm. and i just you know it was one of them nice um one of them nice eyes odd shirts <laughs> yeah super sweet were you in a tie well, so that's where I'm. So I, I get to church that night, and I have on a pair of khakis and an Izod shirt. My, you know, my nice. And I still have that shirt. I, I kept it. Yeah, it's it's stupid. But so I get to church that night, and he's like, "Where's your tie?" And I was like, "I don't have a tie. Like, what? What? I don't own a tie. I'm not wearing a tie. That's a noose. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Right. And um, uh, well, if you're gonna preach in this pulpit, you gotta have a tie on. I. I said, well. All right, well, either I'm not preaching or I got to put a tie on. And so I, well, I guess I guess I got to wear a tie. So have you ever seen those pot-smoking, psychedelic-looking uh, Jerry Garcia ties?
1: With the Grateful Dead yeah. bears on it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Look like some acid trip happened. Yeah. Okay.
1: You're not into that?
0: No, nah, bro. <laughs> it didn't match my Azod shirt. But you wore
1: it. Uh, well, he's, what fundamentalist pastor has a has a Jerry Garcia tie?
0: Oh, Jerry Garcia had a whole line of acid trip ties.
1: No, I know, but I'm just can't oh, imagine I one know. of these IFB all guys. These,
0: all these all these guys had them. They were nice silk ties. They were super ugly. But I put it on. I looked like a clown. <laughs> I didn't know how to that tie it. It was much. oh, it was terrible though. You just have no idea. Like it was. It was so bad. But you preached. I did. I preached. I preached from Psalm 34 and verse number six. And I preached, the poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And that was me. And that was all I knew to preach. I didn't know nothing else to preach. Mm. Um and that was my first experience preaching. And um, you know, it kinda uh, you know, I had the testimony kinda that would warrant you going to other places and giving it and stuff. So I did that mm-hmm. and, you know, um all that
1: good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so hold on a second. So a lot of our listeners are not going to be familiar with some of the 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 cultural things that you're expressing. <laughs> okay. So we've already established that you were in a church where you, you had to wear a tie to preach. This was a group of, of people that also carted you around to share your testimony. Yeah. Um, th- this is what independent fundamental Baptists look like in the South. There's a unique breed of individual. And you find yourself within that culture. That was the culture that you were in. C- give us a snapshot of what that is like, because I think it's relevant.
0: So so preaching is a big deal in the South, and preaching styles are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then... Good testimonies, well, let me say testimonies with a little bit of entertainment slash you know backstory people like juicy stories, yeah, yeah, and mine had a lot of backstory, mm-hmm. you know, um just just my past and where I come from, and you know the whole deal with me getting you know where i i how I got saved and all that mm-hmm. it it's a thing. That sometimes, um, and and here's what I, I will say. This I believe every. I I don't believe they they have any ill will. I believe they're very well meaning in what they're doing. I just think that it is exploitation sometimes, uh, not of the actual office of a bishop, or actually, uh, you know, an Ephesians four. It has anything to do with much of Ephesians four in terms mm-hmm. of modeling people growing mm-hmm. in the Lord. I'm not saying God God used it. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people get saved. I, I preached in a I, my very first time ever preached. I preached in a United Methodist Church, hmm. which was a different uh, for me. Um, they did a lot of stuff. You know, uh, shoot, I think I think I think we even did the Apostles Creed that morning. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm just yeah. like, hey, you want to come preach? I, right. I, mean, I didn't turn nobody down. So I went that morning and, um, and I preached and the pastor's wife at this church got saved along with like 10 or 12 other people. Well, that's wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And, I mean, I thought – I was like, this is pandemonium. I should have never came here. I messed everything up. You ever heard, you know, <laughs> turn the apple cart all the way over kind mm-hmm. of deal. And uh, we were friends with some people that went there, and they were like, hey, my friend is a preacher. You should get him to come up here. And I was like, man, they don't know. They didn't have a clue what they got themselves <laughs> into. But it, w- it was – you know, but God used it. Yeah, I will say that. God used it, and – um we got to see a bunch, uh, you know, a bunch of people saved, and yeah, but discipleship wasn't a thing yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: they they were they were doing their best. And yeah. the next thing to do, like, give us a brief backstory, you know, seminary to the pastorate. Just give us what it looked like to get you into the pastorate, um, so you know, for you to get ordained and be in a place where you were ready to. Well, ready is a is a relatively uh, ready. Yeah, com- yeah, within the standards of the, the IFB guys. Okay. you were running with.
0: all right, yeah, there we go. So I, I went to um, uh, college in South Carolina for four years. I, I left from there. We, me and my family moved over there. Um, you know, honestly, um, I was telling somebody the other day uh, I drove my first year, it was like three hours from my house. And I drove back and forth. I left on Monday. Classes were Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night. And I drove um, for my first semester. I left on Monday at 12, and I stayed in a dorm with a bunch of college students for Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And then I left and came back home Thursday night after church every single week. And I did that for uh, a whole semester. Yeah, it was was terrible. How old were you? Um, 26. With
1: how many kids? Um, two. Yeah. That's two. wild. That's a huge sacrifice. Oh, was,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I say it all the time. It, it was one of those things that, that, you know, God used it. Um, it's funny how God used things like that, but, you know, after I, I turned over so many leaves after, uh, before I got saved like I would quit I made so many pledges to quit drinking quit gambling quit this quit that and you know when I got saved I was like this is real and, and I can remember driving down the road to Bible college and I would think this is this is real this is this is what I'm giving my life to mm-hmm. this is real mm-hmm. man we we struggled so much, um, man. We we spent we spent a lot of time trusting the Lord. We lived uh, we lived so paycheck to paycheck, and and we. But you know, my kids will tell you to this day it was the greatest time of their life. The greatest time of their life. Hmm. And I, you know, always ask them. They was like, because he was there, and we were happy. And I was like, man, this is the brokest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I couldn't get a job uh, like I wanted to have, like I've always done. I've always done construction, so I couldn't get that job like I've always wanted because it was, you know, it's usually 10 or 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And college, I, I was not missing college, so I did side jobs and, you know, um, I did what I could do to make money and, um, you know, all, all this stuff. And so it was just it was a it was a lot of sacrifice in that time when we moved back to uh, Georgia in 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 monies whatever but just for sake context I made 150 bucks a week being a youth pastor and I had to clean the church every week that was just part of my part of my deal Mm. and um, and at the same time we had an old church you know. Just old building, old church, little small church building, it hadn't been used in fifteen years, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna make that building over there the youth building," and um, the deacons were like, "Well, we're only gonna give you so much money to do it," and I was like, "That's fine," and I worked myself to death over there. Like I, I got, I got all the air conditioners donated. I got all the Carpet donated. I mean, we just killed ourselves. We painted. We, we it was so nice. And I can remember um I needed something, I don't know, it's like four or five hundred bucks. And it just became a thing. Like man, they you know, kids are getting saved and kids are mm-hmm. growing in the Lord. And uh, man, I was just like, dude, this is like I just don't understand where this is coming from.
1: They were they were fighting about the money. Yeah. They didn't want to give it to you.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't for me. Like I yeah. I wouldn't ask him for no more right. money. Yeah,
1: it was just for the, um, the building. Yeah, it
0: was just the building. Yeah, and um, so I, you know, I one night we had a big meeting and it just come to uh, the place that uh what there was no more money to be invested into that building. Hmm. And I knew it, you know, it was writing on the wall, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was like, all right, well, so I, I stepped out of that rather than um, make ways for anybody. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll just go. And so I went, and I
1: went to another church. So it was it was like that. I mean, it, it, for them, it created enough contention in the relationship that you felt like, well, what else do I do? But
0: oh, it was them against me. Yeah. And, you know, where I come from, I mean, you know, y- you don't back – you didn't back people in a corner uh, unless, you know, you you had to be ready to fight. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't – I was like, I knew that wasn't me in, in this moment. Like, I knew – like, m- my old self would have just fought burn burned it down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, eh easier to walk away. Let's just let them, if that's, you know, you can't change, you can't change the whole thing. Yeah. So, so what, so what'd you end up doing? So I went to another church down the road and I actually, I'm glad you asked this part because this is, this is a part of my story that I tell, but I'm definitely not proud of it all. I was done. I was hurt so bad. I mean, I, I put all I had to put all my money in this, and then be reimbursed out of my own from my own money. So if it, if I didn't have the money to buy something in my checking account, and you know, again, I made one hundred fifty bucks a week. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have money in my checking account, I just didn't 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 get it done that week. I was just so hurt. I I went to this church and I sat and bro I I didn't want to preach I didn't want to I didn't want to do nothing
1: you were there as a pastor
0: yep I sat about third row from the back I came in right when church started I left right when it was over I didn't want to buy messing with me finally my wife God love her came in one one day and I'm you know I'm Actually, still in the bed uh, before church. And she's like, what what are you doing? We got to go to church. And look, this, hey, I'm sure there's a lot better men and pastors out there than me, just so everybody that may listen to this (laughs) knows this. So I understand. There's probably a bunch of people that's judging me right now. (laughs) But my wife looked at me, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just laying here. What do you mean? We got to go to church. I'm not going to go today. She said, oh, no, you're going to church. She said, uh, I said, you know, I I don't think I am. I'm done with this whole preaching thing. She's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Well, I'm going to go get the kids, and we're going to bring them in the living room, and you're going to tell them that you're quitting. You're quitting preaching, you're quitting the ministry, and you're quitting on God. And I said, well, hold up. Like... (laughs) Well, we don't got to get to. – let's don't get crazy. And she said, no, if you're quitting, you're quitting. What are you doing? Either you're quitting or you're not. And, you know, that was a big moment because I was like, I'm not telling my kids that. That was the only people – that like, I wasn't going to do that. To the, I mean, these girls, I could never do that for anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I look. And I got these, I got, you know, I got five now, but I got these three girls here with me now. Man, uh, the implications of something stupid like that would have been just... Yeah, your lives would be completely different. Unbelievable. And anyway, so I went and sat for a year. Yeah. Bro, I didn't even, I didn't preach one time. How'd you
1: get out of that funk? What happened?
0: Well, there was a really good man pastor in the church. His name is Johnny Ivey. Great man. Hardcore IFB. But mm-hmm. a great man. Mm. I mean, he, you know, he he. I say hardcore IP. He, you know, he had a lot of standards. I mean, you know, churches, dress and look. This was when I say I mean this is one of the best men I ever knew. He he just died a few years ago from cancer. Mm. Um, but one of the best men I ever knew. Um. Even with all that stuff, yeah, just love me, yeah, and what? It just man, I remember he asked me to preach one one night and uh, one Sunday night or something. I was man, I just don't know. I just don't know. And and again, here comes my wife save the day, and mm. she's like, "What are you going to do? Like what? What? Like you've drugged us out here in the ministry." And then you're just leaving it?
1: Yeah. And I was like, well, here we go again. So now, now, now to get at the root of it, you were just that hurt oh, by the circumstance at the previous church.
0: Just so man, I was I was so hurt. Like I just never figured the church and, and and look, this is all me stuff. Yeah. I just never figured the church that I got saved in and the church that you right. know I had seen countless people. Just they had been there, foundational people. They've been in this church for thirty years. Like we had seen their children and their grandchildren get saved in the youth mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. and growing in the Lord, and I just didn't, I just didn't see that coming. And I was like, well,
1: this is bad. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder though about about being blindsided like that. Was that the last? Was that the last time you've been no. blindsided?
0: No, that was the first time I. It had was the been. first time. I-, I was blindsided one other time by one of my best friends in Bible college. Um, he's also a professor, and he he did some. He got involved in some sexual sin. Blew me away. Like I just couldn't couldn't believe it. Like come over and sat on my couch and told me what he had done, and um, I just. You know, I, I had a feeling something was going on, but I just didn't know that, and so it, that that was the first mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm, of took the mm-hmm, wind out of my sails.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then that next one, though, done me in, um, because you know that that was the special place, mm-hmm. it was the place that you know God used to transform my life. And, yeah, you felt betrayed, yeah, like I had I felt like you know I gave all these hours uh To everybody else and and i 'm not asking for me mm-hmm. like i'm not a i am not I do not care like i'm i'm actually happy um you know, I took a lot of pride in cleaning that church um you know it had the carpet in it that had you know when you vacuum over it, it makes lines in it
1: mm you got those lines it, right. oh them lines
0: see. were straight bro
1: can you get your grass i seen your yard you got you don 't got grass like not that, yet though. not yet i'm going to that okay because okay. I have lines in it,
0: my old yard did okay it was sweet okay um. But yeah, I mean I just it was cool. Like I mean, it was a great deal. And so, but no, that wasn't the last time, for sure.
1: And I think and I think this is the thing that is is I think relevant. So, you know, you got guys that have calling on their life. You know, they're going to face a lot of hurt. They're going to face yeah. a lot of circumstances that maybe where they feel betrayed or things don't go the way they imagined or you can't really fully anticipate that. There's no, no. there's no preparation for that. And and the moment you think you've got a grasp on it, Satan invents a new way of surprising you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And, uh, and so I wonder, you know, how did you, how did you bounce back from a moment like that? We got a lot of young people in the Bible Institute, a lot of people in their, in their twenties and, um, they're figuring, they're figuring life out. They're figuring ministry out. Right. Um, and they're, and they're still at that stage that you were where they're starry-eyed. Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of vulnerability, a lot of, a lot of opportunity for Satan to take, an ad, take advantage of them when they think they've been done wrong right. or because they think that something's broken that can't be fixed. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I, wanna, I want you to speak into how you ultimately, long-term, rediscovered a love for the ministry and a love for the work. Um, what did that? What did that look like for you to to realize that what you the calling that you had on your life was greater and more important than the harm that you were going to endure. My home, and you, you know there there's um, this
0: there's this word uh, this is used all the time to safe space.
1: Safe space?
0: Yeah, yeah. You've not heard of safe I mean, spaces? Schools have them. Safe spaces? Yeah, yeah. Safe spaces? Yeah. yeah. College okay. campuses yeah. have them. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> we won't get off on all that, but right? Yeah, that's a
1: whole nother. Topic. Yeah, a
0: whole nother topic. Um, but I think God was making my home my safe space because I put a lot of time in that church and i put a lot of energy in that church and 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 so i should have but i don't know that i was putting the same amount in my home my home i don't know that i had created a place to where i come home and it was was a safe place mm-hmm. it was my safe space you know what i mean now i don't i don't know if that is resonating with anybody or not but here's here's what i know um you've got to have a place to get away to where you know 100% you walk in that door I know that Jordan Ryan's is on my side. Mhm. I know that them kids love me. I got to leave I got to leave some stuff at the door. There's a lot of there's a lot of love in that home. And I can't be bringing everybody else's stuff in that home. And, and it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And uh but I seen that I was I, I couldn't. I finally got back. I, I spent a year again and didn't preach. Mm-hmm. Went a whole year and did, didn't do nothing. And um, we just we just became a family that loved Jesus. And they didn't have nothing to do with preaching. Didn't have nothing to do with ministry. Mm-hmm. We went to all the ministry stuff. We went to everything. We was we was still at stuff like we. We still Sunday morning, you know, we had Sunday night and Wednesday night. Mm. We still went to all that. We done all, all that stuff. And we just loved we just loved the Lord and we loved each other. And that was enough. And mm. I think I think the only way that I have I got over that was was that thing. Was that one thing. And and it was still in my in my heart, man, preaching was still there. Like I mean, I still let dude preaching. I was like, dude, this is the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest thing ever. Like, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like he's preaching and he's just he's doing his thing and I just loved it. And um, so out of that, um, I think I just developed. I think I developed a, you know, my heart back in the right place to where it needed to be focused back. All right. I'm going to ha- this this is going to happen. Like people are going to disappoint me. And I my my first week. So we started we started a church. Where I'm in this church. Yeah, about a year and a half. So I start preaching again. Mm-hmm. They start asking me to do more stuff. And I was like, you know, what? I think God wants me to start a church. Didn't know nothing. Like for real. Been to Bible college, you know, just you know, just didn't desire the office of a bishop. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And so we started Greater Hope Baptist Church. Bro, the The first two weeks, we're fighting over music.
1: With the people that went with you? Yeah. Friends. Over music. Friends. Yeah, yeah, over
0: music. Over who didn't get to sing one song? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was two weeks in, and, I, and they were like, well, we're, we're not going to be a part of the music ministry if it's going to be like this. I'm, well, I am guess you're not going to be a part of the music ministry. Mm-hmm. So we're two weeks in, and I'm like, I don't, man, yeah, this is terrible. you know. But now I had, bro, I had 60 or 70 people coming. Mm-hmm. And so, but I knew it was what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And but that was another deal that sure. I just had to face, and, and you know, but I got to the point where I was like, well,
1: here we go again. Yeah, you know, And but here you, we go again. But you had more you had more perspective.: Oh,
0: for point. sure.
1: Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute.
2: I'm Craig Warner. I'm the kids pastor at First Baptist Church of New Philadelphia, Ohio, and a recent graduate of the Living Faith Bible Institute. LFBI was a great chance for me to grow, to learn, to continue my education without having to take time away from my family or my own ministry. In fact, being able to take classes at my own pace ultimately allowed me to be more effective in my ministry. I can't tell you how invaluable it is for LFBI to be structured in such a way that you're encouraged to implement what you learn in ministry and not just sit on the information for yourself. It was a great experience to hear from a variety of instructors uh, from other ministries and parts of the country in tandem with serving my local church. Through LFBI I received a library of resources that I'll be able to reference for the rest of my life. It was curated by the experience and the countless hours of study put in by the instructors. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all those that invested in and equipped me for the work of the Lord. In addition to the information and resources, I was able to develop relationships with so many of the students and the instructors that have impacted my life and the way that I view ministry. There's a lot of info to retain, and there's still a lot that I don't know, but perhaps the greatest takeaway from LFBI is the confidence to be able to compare Scripture with Scripture and rightly divide the Word of Truth so that I can be certain of what God says for myself. This is an approach to the Bible that will stay with me for the rest of my life. So if anyone's interested in learning what God's Word has to say, I'd encourage you to sign up for the Living Faith Bible Institute.
1: To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org support. This is what people need to w- grapple with is that when the hurt comes, you've got to have a perspective that says Christ is my all and all. Yeah. And, and, and you might have a place to go rest with your family, but you know what? Some people, don't, don't, some people in the world don't have a resting place. Right. And that resting place has to be the feet of Christ. Yeah like you you have to come to the conclusion, I think there's a lot of pastors that leave the pastorate, Yeah, right? a lot for of sure. a lot of guys, well, not not to mention the number of guys that go to seminary and spend yeah. all their money to go, and then that that never comes to anything right, but then there are guys that that they you know they get that job, the youth pastor job the the executive pastor job, the head pastor job, whatever it is, they get it, and it's just not what they thought it'd be or they yeah. you know and they get burnt out that the wrong thing happens at the wrong time, the wrong circumstance. Their heart breaks and they're they're done.
0: Yeah, you know, for me, you know, and I'm always beating this drum now that your home has to be your first ministry, your first place of ministry. I I mean, it's a constant thing for me because I feel like the overflow of what I do feel it just flows out of my house mm-hmm. because you know if my house ain't Is not where it needs to be, and I, you know, my kids aren't. And look, I know crazy things happen. Kids do what kids will do, and that, you know, uh, but I felt like I had to get, I had to get my home to a place to where we could function right now. Mm -hmm. God has been working on our home for years. God used Mark Trotter to change our whole life, with, uh, you know, our whole life in terms of marriage. so God's been using uh, various people in my life to change our life in in at that in, in that way. Um, but one thing that has to be for real in a guy is if he's going to do this, is the why. It's mm-hmm. always got to start with why. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Because the judgment seat is the why, right? Mm-hmm. Everything about the judgment seat is about the why. You did it to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. why did you go and did, why did you go and do that for hundred and fifty dollars a week? Well, it wasn't for the money. So you start wrestling with what was it for? Then mm-hmm. was it for your own glory? Was it was it for the glory of God? Was it to see people come to Christ? Was it to see people grow, young people grow in their faith, and you know all this stuff that I, you know, I have to wrestle with on a personal level. Uh, the why behind, and, and and that's why that's what I think most guys kind of hadn't nailed down yet. Mm. They hadn't nailed down their why yet. And the, there's only one reason, but it's got to be that reason, yeah. Right? It, yeah, it can't be any of, there's no other reason,
1: right? All, all everything else will be just vain enough, yeah, even if it's moralistic, yeah, for sure. Um.
0: It's going to burn up.
1: But yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be, the ends have to be, did my life glorify Christ? Did it, did it serve the gospel mission? Right. And if it doesn't, if souls aren't getting saved and you're not preaching the gospel, if the word of God doesn't burn in your bones, it's probably, it's probably, ain't it's not a, a, a worthwhile activity. Right.
0: And and that's what i you know that's what I figured out i you know we we bought a old church building nineteen seventies church, and remodeled it we tore everything out of it all the way down to block walls and rafters and we just started over um you know I can remember the nights that I'm at that church. I mean, I took the I've taken these old wooden pews out of this church so and they're so heavy. But every time I take them out, I'm like, what am I doing with my life right now? <laughs> why do I keep why do I keep doing this? I mean, it was just one thing after another after another. And I look at it today and and I think it was hard, you know? And it's still hard. Like it's still All these years, we'll celebrate 10 years in February, Mm -hmm. and it is still so hard. It's still so hard. Like, it's still hard when people just that you thought were with you got tired of hearing discipleship. Mm -hmm. They got tired of hearing count the cost. They got tired of hearing lay your life down. They just got tired. Mm -hmm. I don't want to listen to that no more. So they were with you, and now they're not. They were, they were with you when everything was going great and everything was seemingly going in the right direction, and now they're not. Mm. And, you know, um, we, we are, you know, uh, thankfully, um, God has let us just finish Foundations 2 at, at church, mm-hmm. and um, we've got 10 people in foundations 2 which mm-hmm. is is huge for for our church we're going to start foundations 3 here in a couple of weeks that group that that I minister to on on monday nights I'd go to war I'd go to war with every day of my life, that's taken ten years. But they are real soldiers mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. They've counted the cost. They've laid their life down, and we're fighting.
1: Yeah.
0: And I look back at all them years ago when I was laying in that bed. On a Sunday morning, and my wife said, well, you get all the kids in here and tell them you're quitting. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, it has truly been worth every single heartache. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> because God's proved he's enough. Yeah, Jesus Christ has proved he's enough every single time. And that's crazy to me and look I've been a Christian a long time I'm 42 mm-hmm. but every time I'm you know again there's way better Christians in this room than than I am but every time I'm amazed at how faithfully he proves himself to be mm-hmm. enough yeah every time yeah I'm just like there you are again mm-hmm satisfying the heck out of me when I don't deserve it giving me words when I don't deserve them
1: yeah,
0: I'm having pity parties, and you know I'm like, Lord, where'd they go? Yeah. Don't worry about them. Like you, you, you can't make them count the cost. You've done what you can do. I think till Jesus comes back, it's going to be this way. Hmm. But we keep one at a time. We keep building soldiers. Yeah. We yeah. keep building an army. And again. I'm really thankful that I have the Army, the group of soldiers that I can go with now that we're ready, we're ready, and we're doing it, and we're giving it all we got. Yeah, they get it. And they get it. Yeah, they're they're bought into it. Yeah. I mean, heck, I got uh, s- seven of them here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at M- at Focus, yeah, yeah, at Mission Focus. Yeah,
0: at Mission Focus.
1: yeah. So man, I'm. It's amazing to see, and I think that this is just part of the evolution of the pastorate. You know, for a man to grow st- strong, to have a thicker skin. Um, I think. I think. You know, I've I've often said even on the show that I, I believe that the the pastorate is a call to suffering. And so, if you haven't ever faced suffering, yeah. it's a rude awakening. Yeah. It can be a rude awakening for you. Um, but but it's amazing how all of it does seem to just be worth it when you when you see things clearly and you know that the straight and narrow yeah. is leading somewhere way better than you could have ever gone if if you would have gone the broad path oh for sure you can look around and say you know what this little congregation of people or this group of people this ragtag group that God's given me or these circumstances or or this this place of poverty or or this you know, this building circumstance where we can't even find a place to rest our heads. Yeah. Um, we can't even find a place to worship the Lord or, or to do ministry, or we get shut down everywhere we go, and everything we do doesn't seem to work, and you can still say, worth it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I I actually thought that same thing when you were—we um, were at Certainty, mm-hmm. and you guys were teaching on David's Mighty Men, mm-hmm. and I just sat in the back, and I kind of—I was. Just extremely thankful. We, this ragtag group of men that David brought to himself, mm-hmm. and God used them in mighty ways. Yeah, man, I I can't help but think about just my life and the me, dude, me and the ministry. Like, I mean, it's 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 one of those things. It's 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 worth it because God takes something. He takes something from nothing, and then just multiplies it. Yeah. And 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 I you know praise the Lord for it.
1: Yeah. Well, Lee, as as we close, um, imagine for a moment you're you know you're talking to the audience and um, maybe someone's in that moment right this moment and they're second guessing. They're second-guessing the ministry. They're second-guessing where God's put them. Um, preach to them. What's the what's the call? What's the thing to remember?
0: Well, it is a good work, mm-hmm. for one. And g- go at it with a pure heart. Just go at it with pure motive. Examine your motive every day. Mm-hmm. Lord, why am I doing this? And if it's a pure motive, man, roll with them punches. Cause there's gonna be a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Roll I mean, don't 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 stress yourself out over all the small incident. and look, I, I've done that a hundred, a hundred times, a thousand times. The smallest, most insignificant stuff stress me out, mess me up. I'll try to roll with that stuff now. And I'm like, eh, whatever. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You, you know how many times have you? If I called you and you'd be like, "Bro, you're sweating the small stuff right now. <laughs> like, just calm down." A few times. Okay, so I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to you know I'm trying to get there, and I have to make sure that my mo- my motive is pure and why I'm even sweating it. Am I sweating it because of so- somebody's gonna think? Or am I? What? What am I? Why am I sweating this thing right now? You know, and so. Any guy that is considering the ministry, it is completely worth it. It is completely worth it when the heart of your ministry is centered on Jesus Christ,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and be the real deal. Mm-hmm. Don't be putting it on. Don't don't. There ain't no sense in faking it. Mm-hmm. People's gonna figure out you're a fake before it starts with anyway. Yeah, like you get. They'll sniff it out eventually, right? And, and so I, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, I want to raise a group of people that are genuine and they have a genuine love for Jesus Christ. And we're not trying to put on a show, and we're not trying to create a production or, or anything yeah. of the kind. Um, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs. Rely on your spouse. Best friend greatest encourager- mm-hmm. keep what you can from your kids, and at the same time, let them know that it ain't easy, yeah, my kids know it ain't easy mm-hmm. my kids are thankfully they're they're getting involved in the work and they know it ain't easy, mm-hmm. and they still see it worth it, yeah, you know, because we still give God glory for the ministry mm. Even though it's hard, mm-hmm. the judgment seat's coming. Yep. It's coming fast too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pastor Sam says it all the time the judgment seat's tomorrow. Mm hmm. Judgment seat's tomorrow. hmm. All right. Kids, the judgment seat's tomorrow. Yeah. And so that's what I would say. If I was going to pre sit, judgment seat's tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's good. It makes me, you know, just as we close, Lee, I want to I wanna thank you for hanging out with me and um, what, what you shared. Reminds me of of Second Timothy chapter one, where Paul is trying to encourage Timothy. Um, you know, Timothy, you know, was a man that that some say was timid, yeah. that was a little bit afraid of the work. Um, and Paul says to him, you know, when I call the uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first. In thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that, that in thee also, you know, you were talking about, yeah. don't fake it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is a genuine faith yeah, that, t- that sure. Timothy had. And yeah. Paul's saying, hey, look, don't forget that this faith that you have, it's not fake. Yeah. It's real. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift yeah. of God, Amen. which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that ordination's no joke. Yeah. The day Amen. someone lay, lays hands on you and says, go forth, um, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavy calling. But the beauty of it is that, is that um, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. But of power and love and of a sound mind is what verse seven says, and so we don't have to be afraid. It's hard. Learn to take a punch. Yeah, be a good soldier. <laughs> be a good soldier. Endure hardness. Endure hardness. And if we can, if we can do that without quitting, Amen. Um, we'll ha- we'll have a good judgment seat. Yeah.
0: On that note, man, we have so many that just isn't coming to the table. I mean, the the amount of ministers that are being produced in this day versus 20 years ago, mm-hmm. significantly less. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know the whole reason behind that. I'm sure there's, I'm sure Barn has done a poll out there somewhere yeah, to right. figure that out. Yeah. You know? But here's what I will say. I, if you're considering it, it is, it is good. Like I'm, I'll lay my head down at night and I'm, I know that what God has called me to is worth it. Mhm. Although it is super hard. Yeah. And, you know, um get equipped. Get after it. Yeah. Do what God just do what the Lord's called you to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um It's not a good place to be a Jonah.
1: No, you don't want to run. Yeah. You, you can't run. It's, yeah. not, it's not a good thing. Lee, thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank Amen. you for talking to us, being genuine. We can always count on you to, to shoot straight. So yeah. thank you. And we want to thank you as well, the listener, for hanging out with us for this episode of The Postscript. And uh, maybe you're hearing this. Uh, we really wanted this to be a conversation, a uh, heartfelt conversation, just about what it's like to be a pastor and, and what it's like to discover that ministry's hard. And so one of the things that you can do that, that Lee mentioned was to get equipped, start by getting equipped. And so that means submitting yourself in the church that you're in. And it may also look like you joining us for LFBI and learning about the Word of God and uh, getting a better understanding of, of God's Word, the mission, what ministry looks like, and uh, and what to anticipate. But uh, we want to challenge you. We want We want to call you to consider that this whole thing that we call ministry, that it's worth it, that the mission's worth it, it's worth laying your life down for, it's worth taking some bumps and bruises for along the way. And um, and so ultimately, we want to challenge you, don't quit, believe the Lord, you know the faith that's in you is real, uh, continue to remember uh, what God's done in your life, and that He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. We love you, and we can't wait to spend more time with you next week for The Postscript. God bless you thanks for listening to the postscript if you enjoy the show please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast if you value this show please help us continue creating content by supporting living faith bible institute at lfbi.org support